So as I mentioned, uh, today we are continuing our prodigal series. So this is a series that we started last week. Uh, and as I mentioned last week, the word prodigal uh, actually means wastefully or recklessly extravagant, uh, which is something that we want to keep in the front of our minds as we make our way through this series because there's a lot of nuance that's a part of this story that we're digging into that focuses very much on this idea of what wasteful and reckless extravagance looks like. And so uh, this story that we're unpacking is one of the parables that Jesus told. Jesus used parables as a way of being able to help us to enter into an understanding of what the kingdom is all about. So what does it look like for us to live the way that we're created to live? And what does it look like for us to live the way that Jesus came and gave us the opportunity to be able to do? And so Jesus told all of these really, really powerful stories uh, that have all of this hidden layer underneath it as a way of us being able to enter in and say, how do we approach this? How would I respond if I was in this situation? or this story and what does it look like for me to embrace kingdom living and so this parable that we're looking at uh, comes from Luke chapter 15 it's actually one of three parables that Jesus told in Luke 15 that are called the lost parables Uh, and so this is actually called the parable of the lost son but it's interesting that most of us would associate it uh, with the parable of the prodigal son which when we think about the idea of being wastefully or recklessly extravagant kind of makes sense when we think about the story of the younger son that we heard last week uh, that fits but in some ways it's actually the story of the prodigal father the wastefully or recklessly extravagant father as we see throughout uh, this series that we're unpacking together. And so Jesus uses this story as a way of helping us to understand what God's heart is like, and in particular, how God responds to people who choose to walk away uh, and then come back to him. Uh, The father figure that's in this story is Jesus saying, this is what God is like. The younger son, who we looked at last week, is the example of people who choose to walk away from God's best. But the older son who we're going to look at today was actually Jesus kind of throwing a bit of shade at the religious leaders who all of these parables were directed towards. They were having a lot of trouble with the people that Jesus was hanging out with, felt like they were kind of people who were a bit on the outer and Jesus shouldn't be associating with them. And so Jesus uses this story to say, you guys are kind of functioning like the older son in the ways that we're going to unpack today. So it'd be helpful for us to keep that in mind. So uh, as we mentioned last week, we've recorded this video. And so each week we're going to show this video again and then have some cut scenes where we'll be hearing from one of the characters. So last week was the younger son, this week's the older son, and next week is the father. And the encouragement is that as we hear the older son unpacking what was going on for him through these events, that we then enter into that as well. Uh, This is such a rich and dense parable that we intentionally wanted to stretch it out because there is so much to talk about just from what we looked at last week. But then there's a whole bunch of different things to unpack today. And so we really want you to enter into the experience of the older son and see what it is that Jesus might be saying to you about what it looks like to live as a kingdom person. So I'm going to pray and uh, then we'll jump into it. Jesus, once again, we are so grateful for this amazing parable, this amazing story that you told that has so many layers to it. And we thank you for the incredible picture that it paints uh, of what life is all about, life the way that you created it to be, and life that you came to give us the opportunity to live fully. 
And so we pray that as we re-enter into the story again, uh, that you would help us to be challenged in those areas where we need to be challenged, that you would help us to be inspired in those areas where we need to be inspired and encouraged in those areas where we need to be encouraged. We thank you that a story that you told 2,000 years ago is just as powerful and just as meaningful for us today. And so we ask that you would speak to us just as clearly as you spoke to the people who were listening to this the first time you told it. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to uh, roll the first video and I'm going to invite the older son to come and join us on stage. Hi. What's up? Um, I've been needing to talk to you about something. Oh? What's that? Um, I kind of want my share of the inheritance now because I'm, I'm just getting a bit tired of living here. It's a bit boring and I'd rather just go out and do my own thing, have more fun. Are you sure that's what you really want? Yeah. You understand what this means and what's involved to make it happen? If you're sure that's what you really want, I'll make the arrangements and get things in order to make it happen. Alright, thanks. I couldn't believe it when Dad first told me, to be honest. I mean, it always been a bit selfish, my brother. He never worked as hard as I did. I'd always had to pick up the slack. But the fact that my brother had asked for his share of the inheritance early, I thought it was a bad joke. Don't get me started on all the work that sorting out the inheritance took. We had to work out the value of all our assets and then halve it so my brother could just waltz off into the sunset, pockets bursting with gold. I still can't believe that he effectively said, Dad, I wish you were dead. You're really only good for the money. I never thought he'd stoop that low, that he'd be that heartless. My dad always had a way of making everyone feel seen, heard and loved. It's a quality that drew people to him like moths to a flame. Our dad cared for us all the days of our lives, toiling under the sun, working till his hands bled to make sure that he could provide for us. And even after those long, hard days, he always had time for us. He'd cook dinner, spend time reading us bedtime stories, make time on the weekend for family trips to make lasting memories. He encouraged us with his words and followed through with his actions. And even when things became stressful with the family business, he never let it affect us. We never doubted that he treasured us. He showed us what it meant to look after people to have sacrificial love. He guided us from children into adults 
with this steadfast love. I'm the man I am today because of my father. The nerve of him, my brother, having experienced all this, having been cared for by our dad in that way, to just declare that he was too tired, too bored, too good for this way of life, the steady life and love that dad had provided. To say that all he wanted was his money, no, worse even, that he would prefer him dead so he could have what he wants now, not in good time. To throw away all the years of hard work our father has done for us, the great love he's shown us. How dare he? How dare my own brother? How could he have turned out so different to reject that love? Have you heard anything from him? Not, not directly, um, but some of the people that I know, that know some people that he's been hanging out with, they've said that he's been living it up quite a lot. Hmm. I just felt... I just felt so helpless in this situation. I really didn't know how to help Dad. He just looked so heartbroken and sad. I couldn't believe that he'd actually done what my brother had asked for. He really just wanted him to be happy, to do whatever it took. I felt sorry for him. The whole situation was no secret. People everywhere were talking about what had happened. Some in passing let me know in great detail what a fabulous time my brother was having. The parties he was throwing, the lavish gifts that he was buying for himself and his friends. Some people would whisper when we walked through town and not so subtly avoid my dad. I think they thought he must be a horrible father, that his son couldn't wait to leave. And nothing could be further from the truth. I just, I wanted dad to cut him off completely and forget about him. I'd certainly been taking that approach. He was gone. He'd abandoned us, us, his family. I was sick of hearing other people talk about the scandal of it all, sick of other people telling me what a great time he's having. Imagine living it up knowing that your family back home is heartbroken. I was heartbroken. How could he live with himself?
Hey son, now that you've taken over the business, how are you doing? I mean, I know things are really tight with the drought and the famine and everything else. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I think it's one of the worst famines that there's ever been. Mm. Nothing's growing. I think restrictions are going to start kicking in soon. Mm. Uh, it's hard to see how anything's going to change, at least not in the near future. Wow. Okay. Hmm. I, I wonder how your brother's doing. I mean, I heard from someone in the market the other day. They thought they heard he'd been kicked out of where he was living. I don't know, Dan. I don't think I really care. Honestly, we have enough to think about and worry about right here. Hi, ma'am. I was wondering if I'd be able to get a job, and I know there's a lot of people struggling right now because it's a famine, and a lot of people probably want jobs. But as you can tell, I'm in an awful state. I don't have any money. I can't even afford food. So I'll do anything. Well, I do need to have somebody look after the pigs. It's not a job most people want, but it's all I've got. I'd take it. Well, I won't be able to pay you very much money. Um, not, won't be able to give you any extra food. The pigs need to eat though, and I don't want to catch you taking any of their food. I won't. Alright, well, thank you. In all the time that I've been working with Dad, things have never been this bad. Hard times are normal in this business. We'd had plenty of other years with low rain or sickness in the animals, trouble with workers. None of that gets close to this. My days were filled to the brim, negotiating prices for feed, for water, or trying to work out how many cattle to keep based on how much we could afford. The land was hot and bone dry, and that made everyone more irritated, especially the workers, which left me trying to find ways to make sure that everyone was happy, which is almost always impossible. The drought seemed to have no end, no relief in sight, if it carried on this way, we could be in real trouble. I did the best that I could, trying to give something back to Dad after all the years he looked after and cared for me. With all these things on my mind, I was surprised when Dad asked how my brother was going. I thought it was fairly obvious that the answer is that he's still off doing whatever he wants. Well, I did think that maybe by this point he's used up all his inheritance. Maybe he was starving somewhere, living on the streets. For all, for all I knew, he could have been destitute and begging for scraps, all of his friends having abandoned him. It wouldn't have surprised me. He deserved nothing less after what he'd done. I shouldn't have even been wasting my time thinking about him, let alone talking to Dad about him. He wasn't there, but my dad and the work were. I had to keep my focus on what really mattered, the people who needed me, right here and right now. I can't believe I took that job. What on earth was I thinking? That was so disgusting. I can't believe they wouldn't even let me eat what the pigs were eating. 
Actually, I can't believe that I'm so hungry I wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. This is definitely the right decision. Go back to my dad's farm and ask him for some work. I know he's always looked after his employees. So at least I'll have some food, somewhere to sleep. I'd better practice my speech again. Um, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Mm, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worth being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Yeah, that sounds good. Could today be the day he comes home? I miss him so much. I can't even imagine how badly things must be for him. I wish he'd just come home. But what if he's not even alive? What if something has happened to him? I don't, I don't know if I could deal with the pain. Could it be? <laughs> Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm no longer worth being called your son. Hey, hey guys, he's back. We we need to get a party going. Um, But first, get him that, that good robe in my wardrobe and uh, the ring from the office and some new shoes. Get those new shoes and uh, what else do we need? Yes, we're gonna have a party. Get that fattened calf and get those steaks on the barbecue. You were lost to me, son, and now you are found. You were dead, but now you're alive. Hey, welcome home. Did you hear the great news? No, what news? Your brother. He came home! Finally! After all this time! He's finally come back and your dad, your dad is beside himself. I haven't seen him this happy for a long, long, long time. And you know that like big calf that we've been fattening up, ready to have a nice barbecue at some point? Mm -hmm. He's done it. He killed it. All the steaks are ready. The barbecue's on. This is going to be the greatest party ever! This has to be a joke. Are you kidding? I am not having any part of this if this is what the party is for. Hey! Oh, thanks. Did you hear the good news? Just then? Yeah, your brother's home and we're having a party to celebrate. And now you're here, we can really go for it. <laughs> How can we be celebrating? He left. After all he's done. After all I've done. What, what do you mean? Well, he went off. I've been here, slaving away, working the farm. We got through that really tough drought. It hasn't been easy. And he's just been off partying and whatever. When have I asked for anything? I didn't want to, I didn't, haven't asked for a party, didn't even ask for a goat to be slaughtered for me and my friends to eat. And, and now this? It's... My son, my son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours, it's yours as well. But your brother, he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. Come in, celebrate.
I always thought I had it figured out. I was the responsible son, the one who stayed behind, tended to the fields and honoured Dad's wishes. Meanwhile, my brother was out there gallivanting, squandering his, his inheritance on fleeting pleasures. I was here, carrying the weight of duty on my shoulders. I can't believe this injustice. I've always been the good one. I've always done what's right. I stuck with my family through the hard times. I've earned my place in this family. I've done what has been asked of me and more. When the farm equipment breaks down, who's called? Me. When two workers have a disagreement, who gets called in to mediate? Me. When livestock gets sick, who gets called even before the vet? Me. And now, my brother has come crawling back after all he's done, and Dad's gone and taken our prized cow, the one I've been taking care of for years, and he's wasted it on him? Look, don't get me wrong. I can understand that, Gat, that Dad is glad he's safe. But the years of not knowing, of people muttering about him in the shadows, the judgment that our whole family has endured, surely there should be some kind of consequence. Make him earn his way back into the family. Make him work at least a bit as hard as I have all the years he was away. At the very least, some kind of acknowledgement of the hurt that he's inflicted rather than just tossing it all aside and welcoming him back with open arms. So here I am, standing outside the room, trying to work out what to do. I can hear all the noise and music and voices coming from the party. Everyone's celebrating. Is anyone other than me even questioning this whole thing? I can't make myself move. It's like I'm frozen on that threshold. So what should I do? Do I not go inside? Do I walk far enough away so I don't have to listen to this annoying racket and ridiculous celebration anymore? Do I make my anger known, serve my brother some kind of justice for all the pain we've endured because of him? He broke that relationship. So why should I be the one to compromise when he's the one that's made all the wrong decisions? Or should I go in? Do I reconcile with my brother like my father has done so quickly? Do I forgive everything he's done to dad and I and the family? Do I follow dad's example of steadfast love in the face of massive disappointment? Forgive, even though he doesn't deserve it, hasn't earned it. What is the right decision to make? So we want to give you an opportunity to spend some time talking about these things. Uh, one of the other things that's amazing about Jesus is how little he actually gives us answers to things and how often he leaves things unresolved. And we don't actually know at the end of this story whether the older son chooses to go into the party or doesn't. And so that might be one of the things that you would like to uh, talk through. So we've got these questions uh, that we are looking at. And uh, we would love you to spend a bit of time. You can talk about one of these or you can talk about all of them. Kind of have five or ten minutes to be able to walk through these. But why do you think Jesus included this character in the story? 
as he uh, explained it. Why do you think Jesus had the character respond the way that he did? And how else could the character have responded? And that is one of the most important questions to wrestle with with parables, is that Jesus told stories a certain way, but generally his listeners were expecting that that was going to go in a completely different direction. And so you might like to spend a bit of time unpacking how else Jesus could have told the story and how else the characters could have responded. And then the key thing for us is what do you think Jesus was trying to teach us about kingdom living from this character's perspective? So what do you think Jesus was trying to help us to understand as he put this character into the story and had this character uh, react the way in which he did? So we're going to give you some time. We'll have some background music on. Uh, We'd love you to just spend some time discussing and uh, then we'll come back together and get ready to transition into the next part of our gathering.